It's 9.30 on a Monday morning, and it's time for Food Talk. I'm Marianne Myers, and I am joined by my fabulous co-host, Linda Perkins. Good morning, Linda. I got my apron on. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My woolly apron. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That time of year. That's right. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Fleece lined. I'm going to have to get one with wings that I can fold around my arms. <laughs> yeah, I think it's called a jacket, Linda. But <laughs> start, a, start a new trend. <laughs> yeah, it'll catch on like do. wildfire. <laughs> I find it, yeah, freezing like, um, temperatures or not, I'm, I'm, I find it impossible to cook with long sleeves. Yeah, you know, um, I... I I actually try to cook with long sleeves just because, man, I have burned my arms enough (laughs) (laughs) that I just think of them as, you know, like of glove extensions. (laughs) Okay. Well, you're doing a lot of grilling. I never, I I don't even have a grill. No, I'm like the oven. I just like, I get my hands in an oven and I just like start flailing. (laughs) And I just burn my arms. And in fact, I, I have rubber bands in the kitchen that I put around my sleeves. So that it holds them down so when I go, like holds them at my wrist rather than like my wrist poking out when I reach into the oven, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's so lame and it's so like, you know, having to have a cord on your mittens. But man, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I mean, I remember once I was baking bread and I baked bread at like 500 degrees and then um, I opened the oven and steam came out. So I closed my eyes and I stuck my arm in there. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, just, oh, anyway, I have to like protect myself from myself. Really? So, Seriously? Yeah, so, so, stupid. so yeah, I usually, I, I do have long sleeves on purpose. <laughs> well, and, I, I haven't been able to figure out how to uh, cook and keep my sleeves out of the soup. So I, <laughs> I have to roll mm. them up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so yeah. delicious. <laughs> 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 Well, so it's winter. What are you cooking? Well, um, we've been on a split pea and ham jag. I'm speaking of soup. And um, I was at someone's house years ago, and she made a really good ham. And it was like um, pull apart pork, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And um, um, I asked her how she cooked it, and she clearly did not want to tell me how she cooked it. Which was a shame, but, you know, people have that right. Because she's like, oh, I just put it in the oven. And I'm like, how long? Oh, just however long. What temperature? Uh-huh. Oh, just whatever it's at. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then her, hus- yeah. her husband. Yeah, I know. And then her <laughs> husband said, well, you put water in the pan. Oh, yeah, I do that. And, you know, because um, he was trying to get her to tell me. <laughs> but um, um, I found a recipe for split pea soup where you put the ham, um, like big slabs of ham, in the soup while it's boiling. And then that kind of had the, the same effect. It, it, um, it The ham was real pull apart. Like I pulled it apart with a with a fork and shredded it, and it was really good. So oh, that's I great. One, that's an easy way, too. Yeah, and I made one batch of that um, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and then um, I just made another one. And um, I'm buying my split peas the day of the, the um, soup making because – I don't know if you remember, and this was a long time ago, probably more than a year, and I was soured from split pea soup because I took some split peas out of my pantry, and they were too old, and I cooked that soup for like six hours, and those peas never dissolved. Aww. So, 
yeah, that was a big waste of everything I put in that big giant pot. So, yeah, and your time. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I, uh, I've had that happen before with some dried beans that you know I must have pre-war I probably inherited them from my grandmother I don't know you know my pre-war beans yeah right well that could be really fresh I mean when have we not had a war in this earth on this earth so that's not even a reasonable term I guess anymore yipes but that's been good how about you well um, I made, uh, I know that in the past you have, uh, when I told you I made Salisbury steak for my husband who loves that and you said, oh my gosh, it's nursery food or, or rest home food or something like that. Anyway, I made some more recently and it was, and it was really well received. So I don't know what the deal is with my husband. Is he practicing for later, no. for later no. when they're going to give no, him this food? I think- I think there's a lot of things like that, that, that like, you know, our husband's grandmother's made and it just has really fond memories for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also it's delicious. You know, I mean, seriously, if you make it from scratch at home with really good ingredients and uh, the appropriate intention, it's going to be delicious. So, uh, so the thing is, I found this um, Sam Sifton recipe for turkey a la king because he was doing an article about leftovers from Thanksgiving. And um, I had left, uh, I had roasted a chicken, not for Thanksgiving, but recently. So I had leftover chicken and I used this. uh, I haven't had chicken a la king for, I don't even know, decades. Decades, Yes, seriously. I think of it as the... um, ladies club lunch thing you know my mom used to go to (laughs) ladies club lunch and they would have a chicken a la king but um it was really really good and and I think that it was because I had a homemade chicken stock I mean the a la king is just uh you make a roux a butter and flour roux and then you add um chicken stock or turkey stock and um it's got mushrooms in it and the cooked meat, whatever that is, and um, cream and frozen peas. You have to have mm-hmm. frozen peas <laughs> and uh, salt and pepper and sherry, dry sherry, and that's it. You can, uh, you know, go all out and sprinkle it with a little chopped parsley at the end <laughs> if you want to make it look like something reasonable. <laughs> but that sounds good. I mean, when we had it, when... When I was a kid, mom would always just open a can, you know. Of chicken a la king? Uh, yeah, mean? yeah. Um, yeah, and it had another can on top with little... Oh, noodles, no kidding. You know? Oh, very yeah, yeah. cool. Like, yeah, yeah. No, that... not cool. <laughs> no, not cool. <laughs> I mean, yours sounds really good, but that was like the SpaghettiOs of chicken a la king, you know. Well, I totally cheated uh, after I made this because I, I wanted to use up the chicken and I, I wanted to use it up in a way that I haven't used up, used, you know, used chicken a million times yeah. already. Uh, but I drew the line at having to make biscuits. <laughs> so I just I just uh-huh. spooned it over toasted uh, English muffins and it was really good. But it would, well, be, that's good, a good idea. It would be great over buttered noodles or rice or, you know, and mashed potatoes, anything that you happen to have around. Um, yeah. It would be good. But I, I recommend it for a leftover um, poultry, you know. Uh, dish I, it's one of the things i wouldn't have thought of if i had not seen this article by sam sifton and then i was like chicken all a king heck yeah it was good yeah no that's a really good idea 
kind of like the turkey tetrazzini of yes exactly not not really but sort of yeah but sort of yeah well yeah i don't know if you noticed but king arthur flower came out with their recipe of the year i did not notice and so yeah so it's bagels and what they wanted to do or what they did is they wanted to make a sandwich bagel. So the recipe is at King Arthur Flour, and it's called Ultimate Sandwich Bagel. And um, they wanted to make a bagel that wasn't super dense so that it was more amenable to being a sandwich bread. Uh-huh. And, um, and I think they did it. And um, also kind of a, a good thing um, that came out of it, so I made them, um, a good thing that came out of it is bagels, if you make bagels, I really think they're just good for four hours, you know? I mean, they're just, um, they're really dense. That bagels, when you make them, it just seems they really are. And these are lighter, and so they don't get stale so fast too, which is really a good thing. Yeah, um, it's a, it's a good recipe. So um, it called for um, specifically uh, the kind of yeast, the um, instant yeast, you know, instead of the dry active yeast. Yeah, and I normally I normally have the dry active yeast in my house and. I've always thought the difference was that the dry active yeast, you have to bloom first, you know? Right. And then the instant yeast, you just put it in dry, you mix it in with your flour, and it just goes. Um, but um, And I've always had really good luck with dry active yeast, but this called specifically for instant yeast. So normally, I would just scoff at that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> and use what I had, but it also called for um, uh, barley is it barley syrup, barley malt syrup? Oh, yeah. And I didn't have, yeah, barley malt syrup, and I didn't have any of that hanging around. <laughs> <laughs> you do now, so, I bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I had to get some of that, and so I got the yeast that I was supposed to use. Um, but now I wonder, I, I just can't imagine it wouldn't work with the regular dry active yeast. It does make um, you wonder, but I wonder if it's a textural yeah. thing. You know, maybe it is a textural thing. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's the, the one thing that, that makes it, you know that makes it lighter or that doesn't really make sense i just i just don't know and um uh so just because i had to get the barley malt syrup at the store and i was going anyway i got the right yeast but um i i found a thing in a book um by melissa weller it's a, a, a baking book called the good bacon a, a good bacon it's, it's a good book and she talks about yeast and um she says she uses fresh when she's in a professional kitchen and most professional bakers do but she says she never uses dry um, active yeast, but she always uses the instant yeast. Oh. She likes it better. And she says if you're going to use her book, and I didn't even notice this before, and I have made a couple of her recipes successfully with dry active yeast, but um, uh, to use the instant yeast. And she says, okay, so when you're at the store and if you're looking at not at the little packets, but like the pound bags, you know, the blue yeah. bag is the dry active and the red bag is the instant and then there's a red bag with gold on it. And she says, that's the yeast that you use if you have a lot of sugar in your dough, if your sugar has oh. 5% or more sugar. Um, and it's called osmotolerant yeast. And she's so funny. She says, and nowhere on the bag does it say that that's osmotolerant yeast. And I don't know how the consumer is supposed to know that, but just trust me, she says it is. <laughs> so red and gold means it's the stuff that's not going to suck the water away from um um, um, the the like the sugar isn't going to be allowed to suck the water away from the yeast and not uh -huh. let it uh -huh. bloom, you know, like it needs to. Yeah. If so if you have sugary dough, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Anyway, these bagels are good. You know, they're 
King Arthur Flowers recipe of the year is always just a really good bet to make, you know. Um, but you do need, it says you can use honey in place of um, the barley malt syrup when you boil the bagels. So, you know, you make the dough, you let it raise, you shape them, let it rise again. Then you boil them for just a little bit and then you bake them. And so it, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of pans. Um, um, in the There's our criteria the, right there. Oh, I know. And, and it's kind of, you know, pretzels are a real similar process. And I actually destroyed a pan once using baking soda instead of, it was like diastolic malt powder or whatever it is that you boil yeah. pretzels in. But yeah, I used, they said you could use baking soda, but I used an aluminum pan and it actually oh. dissolved it. That was really frightening. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, but these these cold dark days are perfect. You know, rainy days are perfect for um, making um, bagels. You know, just doing a baking project, and and it's a really really good recipe. And it is it it, it is lighter. It's not a whole lot lighter. It's not like not recognizable as a bagel, but it works really well for a sandwich. And then also as a side, it just doesn't get stale as fast, so you can still eat it fresh. You know, the next day. And you don't have to toast it to make it okay, you know, four hours after you've made them. Right, right. So, I, yeah, uh, I was really I, happy with them. I buy uh, bagels from a local bakery, and I buy them three dozen at a time. And freeze uh, them? Yeah, and I grab them the day that they're baked and stick them in the freezer immediately. But I do like a heavy old school, old world bagel. I like that. Okay. But I but I've never made a sandwich out of one because yeah. yipes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so they're they're making breakfast sandwiches out of these and then they're making, you know, regular lunch sandwiches out of these. And um Well I have to try um, it. So uh yeah. we go to we go to King Arthur's website, uh, King Arthur Flower website and look for recipes. Yeah, recipe of the year or ultimate sandwich bagel. Okay. And it was, I don't know, it was fun and, and, um, and they're good. I like when something turns out. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Especially something that is a project. So yeah. hooray. Good to know. Yay. And I trust King Arthur Flower. You know, there's sites that I trust and it's one of them. They test their recipes and, yeah. and, um, yeah. Well, they want to sell product, and it wouldn't it would not behoove them to give you a, ba a bum steer. So you know we yeah, can yeah. trust them. Um, I do want to take a sec to remind everybody that Food Talk is a co-production of KMUN and North Coast Food Web, and I. It is. It, it is. Yay. Yay, Yay is right. For both of those. <laughs> hey, the Food Web is moving. I know it's so exciting. The new Astoria. Food Hub is very close to having phase one of itself. Uh, I think that the Food Web is officially moving next month in February. Um, so, and that's in phase one of the building. It's going to be a three-phase project because that building is huge. It's the old Sears yeah. building in downtown yeah. Astoria. And um, it's uh, going to be a multi-year project, but it is gorgeous. And um, it's going to be, we're very lucky at the Food Web to have a new home that's designed. Our space in that big building is designed just for us. So we're, no, that's really cool. we're spoiled. So yeah. um, I had, I stumbled across two recipes that I really liked. I've oh, been yeah? trying new recipes because I'm suffering from ennui about, <laughs> about cooking, you know, and sometimes you just have to uh, jumpstart it. 
I, I find yeah. myself yeah. when I'm um, when I get bored with it, then I don't want to cook anymore. And the only way yeah. that I can get myself re-engaged is to just go for something new and hope it works out. And I found a couple Jump things. Jump back on the horse. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. And sometimes you get bucked off again right away. <laughs> but I found two things that I really liked. And um, okay. one of them, uh, it, you have to buy the entire cookbook to get the <laughs> to get the recipe. Thank you so much, Jamie Oliver. But uh, I saw him do this on a on a uh, video, and I just wrote down the ingredients and realized that I wasn't going to use his exact recipe because I am in a two-person household, and if I cook up an entire head of red cabbage, we'll go be eating yeah. that for a week. So, um, <laughs> so I just got the... You know, I just made a list of the ingredients and some notes on the process and called it good. And it turned out good, really good. Um, I like fried cabbage anyway, but this was really fancy fried cabbage. And and it starts with rendering out some bacon, a few slices. I just did, uh, I think, two slices because I was only going to do a half a head of cabbage. And... um, so two or three slices of bacon cut in little lardons and and um, rendered until crispy. And in that same uh, saute pan, while that's happening, you throw in probably three or four stems of rosemary with just uh, strip off the little needles and toss them in the pan with the bacon. What you want them to do is get really crispy. And it would never oh. occur to me that you could just pick up a rosemary leaf and eat it and love it. But as it turns yeah, without out... without being stabbed. Yeah, right. But no, <laughs> you can. I mean, I know they are like pine needles, but they're delicious when you saute them <laughs> in bacon fat and let them get really crispy. They turn out to be tender. And you know how a sage leaf when you... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. So... Okay, that sounds great. You do that, and then you take that out of the pan and set it aside, the, the bacon and the rosemary and then you put in sliced cabbage and um you add uh here's one of the reasons it's so delicious i'm gonna sneeze no (laughs) (laughs) sorry i'm gonna sneeze all right um when you take that out of the pan you add a little butter to the bacon fat Oh, you're buttering your cheese. That's why it's so stinking delicious. And then you add cabbage and you add fennel seeds and prunes, diced prunes. Oh, really? Prunes. Okay. And the prunes act very much like a an anchovy fillet would do in that they just kind of disappear in the okay. in the cooking. You don't actually wind up with a chunk of prune in there. They're just adding this really luxurious flavor and diced apple. Okay. And um and then uh, you uh, some salt and pepper and lots of balsamic vinegar. Like his he added 8 tablespoons of balsamic in wow. it to a head of cabbage. So I added four. It seems like really a lot, but it turns out to be just perfect. Um, and you cover it up and you just let it simmer for like 25 minutes or until the prunes are dissolved and the cabbage is nice and tender. Okay. It and then sounds you, great. It's so good. And then you take the lid off and you add a little butter. 
<laughs> and then you give it a good stir and you squeeze a, a clementine, you know, just cut one in half and squeeze the juice over the top and sprinkle it with the rosemary and bacon. And it is sublime. Wow. Really. Hey, how much bacon did you cut up? You think? I think it, I just used two, two slices. Two slices, okay. But uh, because it's basically a garnish, right? And, and okay, also yeah. it's providing... Um, some fat, but okay. not a lot of fat. I mean, that's okay. why you're adding fat because really two slices of bacon is not a lot um, fat. Well, I guess it depends on your bacon, but um, it sounds delicious. It was really good. And I'm sorry, I can't refer you to a recipe, but if you can get online, you can go to YouTube, Jamie Oliver and look for, uh, go to his channel mm-hmm. and, and look for the, um, I think it was part of a holiday sides, uh, you know, it was like a greatest hits thing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And And I love fennel. It was really good. Yeah, yeah. The fennel was great. Yeah, yeah. That was good. Yeah. Fennel and cabbage kind of, you know, a no brainer. right? Yeah. 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 (laughs) So. And what was the other one? The other one was a honey glazed chicken and shallots. And it's, uh, I got it from uh, Yoande Komalafe. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She does. uh, She does. She has fabulous cookbooks. She's African. I can't tell you uh, off the top of my head what country she's from, but she does videos for Food 52. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyway, this is uh, bone-in, skin-on, thighs or drumsticks, and um, you need shallots, honey, lime juice, garlic, a hot chili. Like She's recommending... um, a Thai chili or a scotch bonnet. So, you know, uh, please yourself. I'll do a jalapeno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, some sherry vinegar. And okay. um, it's just really easy. You you know, you you just saute up the um, shallots and mm-hmm. um, until they're kind of caramelized and take them aside and uh, then put uh, sear the chicken skin side down turn it over let it brown lightly on the other side and then you reduce the heat to low and add some water and um the uh, uh, a mixture of honey lime juice garlic and the chili add that on there stir it around a little bit cover it and uh, let it cook until the chicken is completely done which for me took only about 15 more minutes after I had seared it and then um and then you uncover it and jack up the heat to thicken the sauce and um then this other preparation you've made which is shallots tossed with the sherry vinegar and minced parsley and a little salt you've you if you do that first, you're making a really light pickle of the shallots and you just oh, set nice. that aside. And that is served on the side with this fabulous chicken. Um, it is really good. And I loved that unlikely little salad of parsley and shallots in sherry vinegar. It was just delicious. I think it would be good on a whole lot of things. Like on a sandwich. Yeah, totally <laughs> like on a sandwich. So anyway, that's uh, I think that you'll find that if you go to uh, Food 52 website and look for uh, honey glazed chicken and shallots or um, or you can find Yawande. Her last name is Komalafe. It's K O 
M-O-L-A-F-E. Um, okay. And she is responsible for some really spectacular and, for me, um, brand new ways to think about I- ingredients and um, spices and all of that kind of stuff, which is exciting, especially if you are on the brink of being completely bored with cooking. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Claire Stafford, or Stafford, she's a baker that I really like. Yes. And at the end of um, one of her videos, she was talking about how much she likes that, that lady. And I, I just, I don't have anything by her. I, I have just recently from Claire Stafford heard about her. So, yeah, I'm excited about this. Yeah, definitely. And if you um, want some real inspiration, catch a few of her videos. They're short cooking videos, but the, she actually shows you uh, what's going on, and then it makes you want what's on that plate. <laughs> <laughs> See how they are. <laughs> I want that. I want that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so the other thing I like about this particular recipe is that I didn't have to buy anything new, you know, although it is a, yeah. a, a new combination of things for me and flavors. Yeah. It's not like I had to go out and get a bunch of esoteric stuff that I'm going to have to figure out what to do with after I use the two tablespoons of it that I need. So you just let me know if you need any barley malt syrup. Oh gosh, I will. (laughs) I will. Can you just pour it on a pancake? I wonder. I don't think so. Uh, Shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Of course not. (laughs) I bought some crab cake mixture um, at the food web the other day. Oh, I love that stuff. I did too. Yeah, and um, that works really well. I'm so allergic to crustaceans, and so I don't cook with them well because I can't taste them, you know? Yeah, you can, and, um, but you I can, can trust just... that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and so that was fun just to, you know, make some little patties, dredge them in panko, put them in the fry pan, and feed them to the guy. Yeah, that's and, what um, I do, and that's a local, really local um those folks are from Pacific County, right across the Columbia from us. Yeah. And, yeah. um uh dungeness crab you know yeah <laughs> go ahead hurt my feelings well i mean i could hurt your feelings you're <laughs> allergic but <laughs> i know i know and then my stepson's a commercial crabber oh my gosh for sadness but they're having a really good year this year oh good news yeah yeah which is i think great for all our tummies except mine <laughs> uh, well you're not the only one shellfish is one of the it's shellfish and different kinds of seafood or I know several people who have problems with that. So we have to be really careful when you have those sorts of things, a nut allergy, any kind of food allergy that's going to make you sick. If you eat it, you got to make sure that you ask folks what's in what they're serving you. I mean, you know, you need to say, are there any nuts in these or are there any shrimp in this? Yeah, I mean, uh, take care of yourselves because we don't, as cooks, always anticipate um, all the things. That, I mean, if we if we tried to feed a meal to twenty people and imagine all the possible allergies or aversions, we'd just be yeah. serving like cold cereal with yeah. soy milk. Yeah. <laughs> well, not soy milk because a lot of people are allergic to soy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, and then there's people that, that have, you know, like get hives or stuff, but man, I just feel so bad for the people with nut allergies down to the molecule, you know? I know, I know. I, am, I feel so lucky I just feel lucky that I have yet to ever eat anything that didn't like me. Now, there's a downside to that. (laughs) 
<laughs> I can tell you, but uh, but it isn't getting sick, at least not yet. Yeah. So. I've got a friend, Lorna, who's allergic to nuts, and um, she can't even be in my house if I'm baking cookies that have nuts in them. Oh, my gosh. That, that that's a high cookie sensitivity. Cookie smell has little molecules of nuts flying around, you know? Yeah, shoot. It's yeah. so cruel, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It is. <laughs> we have only seconds left. Uh, last thoughts. Get your woolly aprons out. Get your woolly aprons out. <laughs> Linda Perkins. Try something new. That's what I would say. Try something new. Yes, it's try winter. something new. And we will too, yeah, and we'll perfect. tell you all about it next month. Thank you, Linda Perkins, so much. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Is it my chicken or my dumplings that keeps him coming back for more? Is in my chicken.